0: Chapter 15, we finished up Mark 14 last week. Lord willing, we're going to make it through the events of the first 20 verses today. Mark 15, verses 1 through 20. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests had a meeting with the elders, scribes, and the whole Sanhedrin. After tying Jesus up, they led him away and handed him over to Pilate. So Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him, You have said it. And the chief priests began to accuse him of many things. And then Pilate questioned him again, Are you not answering anything? Look how many things they're accusing you of. But Jesus still did not answer anything. So Pilate was amazed. At the festival, it was Pilate's custom to release for the people a prisoner. They requested. There was one named Barabbas who was in prison with rebels who had committed murder during the rebellion. The crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do for them as was his custom. So Pilate answered them, Do you want me to release the king of the Jews for you? For he knew it was because of envy that The chief priest had handed him over. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd so that he would release Barabbas to them instead. Pilate asked them again, "Then What do you want me to do with the one you call the king of the Jews? Again they shouted, Crucify him. Then Peter said to them, Why? What has he done wrong? But they shouted, Crucify him all the more. Then, willing to gratify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them, and after having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him away into the courtyard, that is, headquarters, and called the whole company together. They dressed him in a purple robe, twisted together a crown of thorns, and put it on him, and they began to salute him, "'Hail, King of the Jews!' They kept hitting him on the head with a reed and spitting on him. Getting down on their knees, they were paying him homage. When they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple robe, put his clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today and we thank you for the privilege and the freedom to be here. And look at your words. And God, what powerful words these are. So God, help us to hear from you today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be in this place, that you would be with me, dear Lord, and let me speak the words that you want us to hear, to let us hear your words, God, to clear our mind of the worries and the distractions and the desires and the pains of this world, dear Lord. And for these few minutes that you grab a hold of our heart, You grab a hold of our soul, dear Lord, and let your Holy Spirit do a mighty work in this place. God, I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Jesus had faced this mock trial before the scribes and the Pharisees and the elders and the Sanhedrin, the court that had convened to try Jesus for his actions, his actions, which turned out to be nothing. They could not find anything against Jesus until finally point blank, they asked him if he was the Messiah, to which he responded, I am. And they said, enough. We've heard all we need to hear. This is blasphemy. Now, during this time, Rome was the power of the day and Rome pretty much controlled everything. And and they kind of they kind of let the Jews do their thing. They kind of let the Jews do what they wanted to do, and uh, the Jews had their system, but they were all really under the Roman system of the day, which is why they had to bring Jesus before Pilate, and the Jews couldn't get the result that they wanted. They wanted death, and they wanted it to come from Rome. They didn't want the blood on their hands, so to speak. They really couldn't make that decision. And so they got Jesus after this mock trial and they took him to Pilate. And Pilate was the governor there in the area, the ruler there in the area. And what was the charge against Jesus? What is the phrase that we see in this passage that that Pilate keeps referring to Jesus as the King of the Jews? The king of the Jews. Now the Jews were not going to refer to Jesus as their king. He was not their king. There was only one king. It was Caesar. And here is this man, Pilate. He is supposedly our king. Now this would have been something that Rome would not have held kindly to. Another man trying to be king without acknowledging that Caesar is the true king. But even still, Pilate found nothing against Jesus. They brought Jesus to Pilate, and Pilate questioned Jesus, and Jesus didn't have much to say. Pilate said, are you the king of the Jews? And and Jesus says, you have said it. And the accusations kept coming from the Jewish leaders of the day. And Pilate was amazed that Jesus did not He did not speak back, as most people probably would when they were being accused of a crime, especially a crime that they were innocent of, especially if they had done nothing. We would say, but wait, Your Honor, judge, I didn't do it. These things are a lie. Let me tell you my side of the story. And the Jews and the leaders of the Jewish people were were telling Pilate these things about Jesus and What an amazing thing it was that there Jesus sat in silence with his life hanging in the balance, and yet he was a man of very few words. Now, it was a custom we see in the scripture that that Pilate, whenever the festival was going on, they were celebrating this time of Passover in Jerusalem, it was a a custom that Pilate, you know, to to gain favor with the Jews, would, would do something kind for them. They they tried to get along with each other. And so Pilate every year would release somebody to them. They would come before Pilate and he would release a Jewish prisoner to them. And so wanting to continue on in the custom, Pilate gave them the opportunity. Well, I've always released someone to you. Who would you like me to release to you? Surely Pilate thought they're going to want to release Jesus, surely they would want to release this man, even though they don't like him. Surely they would rather see him released because, well, there was only one other option that they had. A man by the name of Barabbas, whom the scripture tells us was a murderer. And here we see Jesus, the Son of God, who had already suffered greatly through his mock trial and all that had occurred. Here he stands before Pilate. He stands beside Barabbas. He stands in front of the crowds who hate him. It was finally morning. All everything before this had taken place in the night. You can only imagine the crowds had begun to grow as word had begun to spread. Now, they didn't have Twitter and Facebook, So people probably didn't know quite as quick as we do what had happened, but no doubt word was beginning to spread. Hey, they've got Jesus. They've got Jesus. And I'm sure the ones that wanted Jesus dead were trying to get there as soon as they could. And the ones that loved Jesus were probably trying to get there to see what was going on. There was probably a large crowd at this time. It was standing before Pilate. And there was Jesus and there was Barabbas. And Pilate says, I will will let one of these men go. And the crowd said, give us Barabbas. Give us the rebel. Give us the murderer. We don't want Jesus. We don't want this man. We don't want what he has to say. We don't want to follow him. We don't want to listen to him. We don't want to see his face anymore. Give us the murderer. And there before the people, they had a choice between the Son of God and between sin represented in the flesh and the life of Barabbas. And they said, we'd rather have a sinner than a savior. You know, when we read of Satan in the scripture, it says he is a murderer. Perhaps the fact that Barabbas was there that day with Jesus was in some way symbolic. Here we have Satan in scripture who's been a murderer But yet people still choose Satan and they still choose the ways of Satan over Jesus Christ. And oh, the hatred that must have been in the hearts of many that day as they looked before Pilate and their choice was of Jesus and their choice was of Barabbas. And they were so filled with hatred and with anger and with bitterness that they said we would rather have a murderer than the Son of God. And Pilate says, what am I supposed to do with him? Maybe we could just beat him. How about that? How about I send him to be beat? Let him get some lashes. Let him be tore up. Let him be beaten and maimed. Let him be injured. Let him be hurt. How about we do that? And I'll let him go. And the people said, no. No, they said. That's not enough. So Pilate says, well, what do you want me to do with him? And they said, crucify him. And Pilate said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute now. But it was of no use as the crowd continued to yell all the more Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! And oh, what a sad day that was. Pilate didn't want to have anything to do with it in some sense, yet he did have plenty to do with it. He said, well, I'm washing my hands of it. This is on you. And the people in the crowd said, his blood be on us and on our children. And they said that with all the hatred that anybody could ever muster up. But they did not know that what they were saying was exactly what they needed. Jesus was not the Savior that they wanted, but he was the Savior that they needed. And that day they said, his blood be on us and our children. And on that day, his blood was on the hands of those people who put him to death. But I wonder, after Jesus' death and resurrection, how many in that group had Jesus' blood on their heart? They certainly had the blood of Jesus on their hands, but Jesus shed his blood so that it would cover their hearts. Perhaps some in the crowd that day that yelled, Crucify him, soon after said, Father, forgive me. I did not know what I was doing. I believe, I know, I believe that Jesus was your son. God, I believe that when he died on that cross, his blood was sufficient to forgive my sins. Perhaps there were some in that very crowd that yelled crucify him one day and said, Father, forgive me the next. The people that day had a choice to make and it's not so different from the choice you and I have to make. We probably think of the words crucify him and we hear those words over and over and over and our hearts probably sink with sadness and sorrow of what that day must have been like. And even though we weren't there that day, perhaps we were part of the crowd yelling crucify him just the same. He may have not seen our face in the crowd, but he knew we were coming. He knew that you and I were going to be sinners. He knew that you and I were at times going to choose sin over him. And it was not the words crucify him that put him on the cross that day. It was your sin and it was my sin. It was not just the sin of the crowd. It was the sin of us. And there Jesus took all of the beatings and all of the mockery until he was nailed on the cross. His blood be on us and our children because it's only through his blood that we are forgiven. So what is your choice today? What is your choice? Have you read God's word? Have you listened to God's word? Do you know what it says? It says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the message that Jesus brought. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Come to me who are hungry and thirsty, and I will feed you, and I will give you eternal water to drink. I will forgive your sins and give you rest for your soul. I will never leave you and forsake you. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, come to me, and I will be your Savior. That's what Jesus had been saying for three and a half years. That's what he had been saying. People heard it. People knew what he said. But the day came that they had to make a choice. The day came that standing before them was the Son of God and a murderer. And they said, we choose sin." We choose sin. What about you and I? What do you choose today? Do you choose sin? Maybe you do. Why do we choose sin? Some people choose sin just because they don't believe they're living in sin. Some people choose sin because they say, I'm not a sinner. There is no God. I don't believe in any of that. Some people choose that life. They choose that sin because they don't think they're living in sin. Sometimes we choose sin simply because it feels good. Simply because we like it. We choose sin when we know it's sin because we like to sin. At least on some level. Sometimes we choose sin and we put up with sin because it's easier to live with sin than to deal with it. Don't want to deal with the sin. It's too difficult. Don't want to deal with this problem, that problem, this situation, that situation. It's easier to let sin run rampant than to deal with sin. It's easier to choose sin and, and fall on the side of sin than listen to God's word. And so we let sin reign in our life and reign in our families and reign in our churches and we say the sin's better than the word of god and what jesus christ stands for and maybe there are many reasons why we choose sin in our life but we do not want to choose sin over the word of god we do not want to choose sin over jesus christ And that day Jesus stood before that crowd and they said we would rather live in our sin than be forgiven by our Savior. I hope that there are none of us in this room that has made that choice. Maybe you've made the choice of sin on some level. I suspect we all do to some extent. There are times that we all choose sin. If we've chosen sin, if we're living in sin, we need to repent of that. Even if you're in Christ, even if you are forgiven, even if you've not denied Christ, but maybe there's some sin in your life that needs to be dealt with, some sin in some way that needs to be addressed. Then today you need to choose Jesus. Today you need to come to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Lord Jesus, I have tried sin and I know that you are better than sin. Lord Jesus, I don't want to live my way, I want to live your way. And maybe, just maybe, there are some in this room that have never put their faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been choosing sin your whole life. But maybe today, for the first time, you have heard and seen in the Word of God who Jesus is, that He is the Messiah that he is the king of the Jews and not just the king of the Jews. He is the king of everything. And the only thing he cannot be the king of that's dependent on you is your life. He wants to be the king of your life, but he cannot be the king of your life unless you say, Lord Jesus, I want you to be my king. And what a glorious day it is in this life when we humble ourselves before Jesus and make him king of our life. But even if you fail to do it in this life, there is coming a day when your knee will bow and say, Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's better to come to Jesus. It's better to come to Jesus today. It's better to come to Jesus while we can make that decision, while we can realize our sinfulness, while we can realize that He is our Savior. Let us not make the same mistake of the crowd that day. Let us put our faith in Jesus. In every decision we make, in every part of our life, let us be those who say, I choose Jesus. When sin stands before us and God's word stands before us, let us say, I choose the word of God. I choose the Son of God. And when we don't, when we fail, and there are days that we will, Let us repent of our sin and return to Jesus and seek the one who died for us. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your good words. God, I thank you for Jesus and what he did on our behalf. I thank you that he stood there that day with all the accusations, with all that was before him. That he had the strength and the faithfulness, God, to stand for you and to stand for your will. So God, let us look to Him as our Savior and as our example. God, there's sin in our life, in our world, in our churches, dear Lord. It's it's everywhere we are. There's sin, God. But let us choose you over sin. God, maybe there's some that are struggling with some sin today and they've been battling. Just help them, dear Lord. Help them to come to you and help them to overcome that. We need help, dear Lord. We can't overcome sins on our own. We can only do it by your power. God, maybe there's some today that for the first time realize that they have been living in sin their whole life and they've never come to Jesus and asked for forgiveness. But I pray today, dear Lord, that they would know that Jesus is who he said he was. He is your son. He is our savior. And God, let us choose forgiveness over condemnation. Let us choose love over hate. Let us choose life over death. God, let us choose Jesus over sin.